for this episode of Complimentary Pieces, the new uh, podcast series plus YouTube series that I'm working on, where we talk about players that don't necessarily get the uh, the love they should from the the media. They're they're focused on the top ten. With what I'm doing, we want to give a look out to everybody else. With this episode, we're going to talk about Devin Carter, the junior from Providence. His height and weight is somewhere between 6'2 and 6'4. ESPN has him at 6'3, 195. His arms are much bigger than, you know, the 6'2, 6'4 frame. He's from Miami. His dad is Anthony Carter. He's the backup point guard that you see on the Heat, the Nuggets. And his mom is named Kathy Carter. He has a brother. Um, so Devin Carter was a four-star prospect, according to ESPN, listed 92 out of the top 100 of the class of 2021. He's currently at Providence, but in his freshman season, he was a South Carolina Gamecock. He said his relationship with Frank Martin was a big reason he was going to South Carolina. During his freshman season, he came off the bench 23 out of the 30 games he played, averaging nine points a game, 3.8 rebounds, having a big usage rate and getting to the line at a really nice rate. He was awarded he was awarded 2021-2022 SEC All-Freshman Honors. Jabari Smith was also on that list, so he's that age. He's that age. On March 14th of 2022, Frank Martin, the 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 coach that he had such a good relationship with was fired from South Carolina. And on the 28th of that month, March 28, 2022, Devin entered the transfer portal. And on April 17th, he enrolled the Providence, the Providence Friars. He and transfer Bryce Hopkins were the leaders on that team in regards to minutes. They made it to the tournament and lost to Kentucky in the first round of the NCAA tournament. In his sophomore year, he had 13 points, five rebounds a game, getting two steals and a block at 6'2 to 6'4 is pretty, pretty incredible for how well he was, you know, using his rebounding, his jumping ability, all that. Um, His role seemed to be defending, getting steals and taking care of the ball. He had a very low turnover percentage in that on that year. His junior year, Kim English, and this is this is current day. Kim Kim English, former George Mason head coach, became the head coach of the Providence Friars. He brought along three excellent depth players to Providence that were with him in George Mason. On January 3rd, Bryce Hopkins, who we just talked about last year, tore his ACL and was lost on, uh, for the season. And this is where Devin Carter goes from good to elite. He's the highest scoring player in the Big East and is on the the short list for NCAA Defensive Player of the Year. With Bryce, he averaged 16 points, 7.8 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.3 steals, and 1 block. And, you know, you see the improvement. Like, from 9 to uh, 13 to 16, that's pretty, that's nice. That's nice forward movement. But without Bryce, and I took out the Seton Hall game because Bryce got injured that game. So it it changes your your philosophies and what you're doing as a team when you have two elite guys just going to one. So I took that out of the out of my query. 
So he gets 22 points per game, eight rebounds, four assists, and two steals. So his offensive responsibilities went up and his usage went up and he still provides a lot defensively too. That I mean, like he is a two-way player on this team. Prior to the Hopkins injury, Huawei Dwal of Province was the only player on No Ceilings, which, which is a really awesome blog written by fans. He was Warway was the only person actually on the the Providence Friars being uh, even remotely close to being an, a, a, a draft you know quality player on their board that was released a few days ago on the seventh. Devin was among the top sixty prospects and at forty nine, which I think is kind of too low i would i would give him more of a first round late first round upside but 49 is pretty awesome you see the jump from not even close to being drafted to he's there and you know a big march could bring him higher when he interviews with nba teams it's gonna go higher so this is just a jumping off point for devin carter and his skill set this draft is kind of interesting it's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of players that are smaller in stature and the nba is transitioning to a a more bigger jumbo creator led you know you have luca you have lebron you have jason tatum being lead ball handlers for their team and you have centers joker and bead sabonis and alperen shingud being just playmaking comes for their team all of these small guards are kind of getting phased out. Obviously, there's small guards that are very talented, but there's a huge amount of players in this particular draft that are under 6'4", and Devin Carter is absolutely part of that. And not everybody's going to get the chance. You know, the, the opportunity presented to them, their abilities to play with the team, you know, getting those chances, getting with this draft not being nearly as talent rich as others there's more of a chance for these small guards to make it and get those opportunities like would you rather take a six eight guy that's never done anything or a guy that's been consistently good there there's there's a lot of small guards in this draft and i wouldn't be surprised if the blazers take one because they do have two first round picks but they also have a really high second and then another second one as well. So they they really have an opportunity. And these guys, these small guards have an opportunity of getting drafted and you know, at least getting the chance, as opposed to like last year. You gotta be darling good to be a small guard. I think Devin Carter is absolutely one of those guys that given the chance can stick in the NBA for a very long time. So let, let's talk about Devin Carter specifically. We we talked about what he did at Providence, what he did at South Carolina, but we didn't talk about his game. He really thrives in those clutch moments. He wants to take that important three. He can work off ball for it or pull up in somebody's face in a shot where you're thinking, oh, no. Oh, yes, he went in. And, you know, we don't know. We seriously doubt that he will be the one taking those clutch time buckets. But let's say Scoot Henderson gets the ball and swings it to Devin Carter off of a drive. 
Devin Carter has shown that he can make those threes and the the moment isn't too big for him. His points really do come in bunches. I've seen moments in the game where it's like an 8-0 Devin Carter run for Providence, and that really can swing the momentum Providence's favor. Obviously, in the NBA, he's not going to have that many opportunities to showcase the talent of just scoring like four straight. But he has that microwave ability to get hot in a flash. That's what, you know, the badge in NBA 2K is a microwave. Devin Carter has that ability to just put points in bunches. Uh, he and Kim English, the, the coach, really, have, he has the green light for Providence. He can pull it from NBA distance. And, you know, I've seen some, the, some shots where he pulls and it's contested and he still pulls from NBA three. He also has shown like this. Providence doesn't force feed him the ball so he can run off ball and they do a lot of screens where he can manipulate the screen offensively, can get into that empty space on the court to shoot threes from like the corner of the wing. He's he has the ability to shoot from movement off the dribble, obviously catch and shoot. I know that it's. You know, when, when you're talking about guys that are defensive guys, having somebody that isn't a so having somebody that isn't a complete nothing offensively when you're a defensive focused guy is such a valuable thing. You've seen how Matisse Thybul, yes, he's shooting 40 percent, but there's a reason he's shooting these wide open shots. It's better for the opposing team to let Matisse shoot with Devin. He's shooting 38 percent from three in on high volume in a game the defense has to contest on devin carter and he's so versatile with his shooting that that defender has to chase him around and you know use more energy throughout the game so having that just he's gonna lock you up on one side of the ball and then not be a nothing on the other side of the ball is huge i don't really imagine him being that lead guard i don't think he has the the first of all, his size is a factor, but I don't think he has the creation. I think if Scoot or whoever is on the star player on his team makes a play, breaks the person who's defending him off and creates an advantage or an opportunity, Devin Carter can get the ball off of that the defense while it's broken and make the right play, whether it's shooting or passing or making that right play. Think of what like Norman Powell did off of a Dame and CJ creation. He got a lot more open looks. He was able to do something with it. I think that's kind of what I imagine Devin Carter doing in an NBA scheme. He's not going to create the uh, defensive defense scrambling, but he'll take advantage of it. And that's, that's all you can ask for. There's only one ball. And, you know, with the Portland Trailblazers specifically, there's four dudes that want the ball desperately in Ant, Scoot, Shaden, Jeremy, and let's throw DA in there. Even though he's taken a huge backseat when it comes to usage, he wants the ball. He does so much better when he is involved in the offense. So having a guy that doesn't need to be the guy on the with the ball in his hands to, to score, but can do the right thing off of someone else's gravity is huge. So let's move on to the other side of the ball defense, because I mentioned that he's a defensive prospect, even though he is the highest scoring player in the Big East Conference. He definitely is a uh, defensive guy. 
his navigation through screens is really impressive. Like, even if he gets blasted with the screen, as long as he's on his feet, he has the intelligence to know, okay, they're doing a screen in the middle. They're going to end up in the corner. I'm just going to take a really good angle and meet that person in the corner, even though I'll go a completely different way. Instead of following the player through the screen, he can take really good angles to where that person's going to be. And he does it a lot. He six 6'2". Teams are going to send screens to get him off the guy. And he just knows where that person's going to end up and how to get there. The way that he plays on ball point of attack, like even if the guy gets by him, he's got that speed and that athleticism to recover when other players won't. He recovers on on a driving person, gets that chase down because he has the momentum and can jump up high enough to get that block. And we're talking about a 6'2 guard that rebounds at such a high level, block shots, gets steals, reads the passing lanes. Like He is going to be a menace on that side with the IQ that he has, the athleticism. It's going to be pretty impactful. You know, watching him on Providence, they are very, very way that they play defense is just on point and tough. And I think Devin Carter makes them that, that way. Like Devin Carter's grit, you know, it goes on to the other Providence Friars. It's really cool. Um, You know, the Blazers have a lot of skilled guys. They have Scoot, they have Shaden, they have Anthony Simons, older vets like DA and Jeremy Grant. They have the stars and they need to develop those stars. But Devin Carter really is like a foundational piece for culture. They need to start building cultural pieces and identifying people that fit around Scoot and Shaden in particularly. Now, I know that Devin's only 6'2", so this isn't going to be a a guy that you play 30 minutes, Scoot, Shaden, and and Devin. But certain matchups where it's like very guard-heavy, you know, it's a small initiator with a, you know, secondary guy that's small. I think you can, I think it's a good thing to have a lineup of Scoot, Devin, and Shaden. So matchup dependent, of course, but I, I can see him finishing certain games against certain teams with just, you know, they're, they're heavy in the small part. Like, let's just say the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think we can absolutely have a Scoot, Devin, and Shaden backcourt so it's it's time for us to identify players that are culture guys you know Tumani is a culture guy he's not one of those guys that you're gonna be a building block in terms of here's the ball do something with it but we need to continue to have guys that can establish a winning culture for this team and I think Devin Carter really is that type of player obviously let's talk about comps he's he's somewhere between six two six four I see a lot of Caruso comps and I see Josh Hart comps. And I, I kind of am on the Josh Hart side of comping him out. And that's it's crazy for me as a guy that did not like Josh Hart on the Portland Trailblazers at that time. But you got to understand, Devin's going to be a late first, early second pick fighting for you know, playing time and rotation minutes. That's a lot different than a guy that's about to end his contract and is expecting 
to get a his first real salary, his first real big contract. So it's just different perspectives on team building. You can't afford to give a Josh Hart $18 million a year because other players can do his role and potentially do it better than him. So I think Devin Carter is a is a Josh Hart that can shoot threes and might be a little smaller, but he has all of those same archetypal things that people love Josh Hart for, the rebounding, the the uh the heart IQ. So it I I I like that comp. And uh I, I really would love to see what he can do in, in that next level. And I know that taking a small guard kind of being phased away, and we already have a small guard, and actually we have two small guards. So but I think that Devin Carter, because of what he does defensively, he's so much different than any small guard the Portland Trailblazers have had in recent memory. No one else will play defense at a you know a high level and also be able to help on secondary actions for the team. So it's different than Dame. It's different than than Scoot. It's different than he's just going to fill in a role. And we need toughness and decision make fast decision making. So he he is somebody that I don't expect to take with the Warriors pick or our own pick, but if he's there in the second, absolutely take him. I'm willing to throw a dart on him for sure. But also, let's just say some team wants Matisse Thibel at the draft because he no longer has that ability to block trades. We get a late first for Matisse. I would feel perfectly fine with getting... Devin Carter and getting him on this team to help establish, you know, a culture of hard work, you know, making the plays to make it so Scoot and Shaden have their lives be easier is something that I'm always about. I felt like we did a horrendous job of making Damian Lillard's life easier. Let's let's make Scoot and Shaden's lives easier in the future. And I think Devin Carter is a guy that could do that. So Thank you so much for listening to this this podcast. I know that we just dropped a Jacoby Walter uh, Future Fridays episode. I hope you had a chance to listen to that. This is a complimentary pieces episode on Devin Carter, the Providence Friars, potential player of the <laughs> of the Big East on the short list as a NCAA All Defensive Player. Thank you so much for listening. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcast. We are there. You can watch the full episode on YouTube. We'll cut this up, put it on socials. Thank you so much for giving all of this draft content a chance. We really do appreciate it. Peace out. Stay safe. Happy Lunar New Year. And I know that Valentine's Day is tomorrow, so everybody enjoy that. Thank you so much. Peace.